The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I'm Darren Karp. And I'm Liz Cully, and one of us is still in the closet. Oh, howdy but doody I'm are fighting. we? How we doody are we? And that one would be me, she is referring to, because I am literally in the closet today recording because I, one of the E! News, I guess, digital hosts or something this weekend was out and they needed a, a voiceover artist. So they called me and they sent all these like, you know, protocols of like, you know, and I do a podcast twice a week. I have my own show, but they were like, no, it's got to be crisp. It's got to be clear, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to go in my closet. Like, uh, and so here I am. And I can't keep doing this in my closet. This isn't going to work for scissoring isn't a thing. But uh, no, I think it, it actually it works. You sound great today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sacrifices I make in order to scissor appropriately are just off the charts. But uh, how are you, Liz? I'm good. You know, it's. The weather is turning in Los Angeles. It's starting to get Weather doesn't springy. turn in Los Angeles. Shut up. Everything is springy. Shut up. Shut up. Well, it was, it was cold when you were here. But yeah, it was no, freezing. It's, it's definitely turning. My brother from Korea sent uh, ravioli a toy from Zippy Paws, and she is in oh. the corner squeaking away. Rachel, if you don't mind taking that away from her, I would strongly appreciate that. Yep. Rachel, that would be very nice. <laughs> that would be very nice. But yeah, you know, I'm just... You're chilling. I'm chilling. I will say I sort of made a promise last week that I was going to watch Welcome to Chechnya, and I never had time because I had to catch up on so many other... It's a poor excuse. Reality TV, because I had a lot of interviews this week. Okay. Uh, we'll get into one of my interviews at the queue, but I do plan on watching Welcome to Chechnya, and I will give you a full report once I do. I know I, mean, I, I guess I have to watch it. I need to watch it, too. No, I mean, like, you I'm, like I'm three episodes away from completing Sons of Anarchy. I can't. Stop. I had a bone. You're like of the whole season, right? Not of like the first season, like of completing it. No, of the whole series. I'm three. Okay, episodes. So, you know that it's about like Hamlet, right? Like, yes, it's, it's like a, a loose thing on that. How hot, though, is Tara? And Tara no, isn't someone that I would. This. We talked but about Tara's this. Hot. Tara is the worst, though, and turns into a monster, I, though I am. She turns into to Kate Siegel. Like, yeah. yeah, she turns into Gemma. Right. Also, did right. you know that Katie Siegel is singing most of the songs in oh, the yeah. series? Well, because she's married to the creator. Well, right. But also she did. You, I looked it up. And Katie, hey, sorry, Katie Siegel was like a backup singer for all of these famous people in the 70s and early 80s. Like, that's look it fucking up. cool. And so all the all the music in the show, a lot of it is her singing. And for those of you that's guys sick. that don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Peggy Bundy, who is the star, really, exactly. arguably, of Sons of Anarchy. I Gemma, love tell her. that show. I rewatched that show again maybe like a year, year-ish ago, but I loved it when it came out. I, I was absolutely obsessed with it. And uh, okay, Liz, as you know, RuPaul. I know. Let's talk about it. I mean, I'm upset about Tinta Burner going home. I am not. And I have to say Tinta Burner. I can't say it any other way. Like RuPaul said Tinta Burner one time and now it's just it's in my vocabulary and I can't unsay Tinta and I have to say Tinta. I, Even though I know it's Tina Burner. This is what I will say. Okay. I think, Judge me all you want. Go ahead. I think that Tinta Burner did a, first of all, looking like John Candy from Spaceballs. <laughs> was incredible and she crushed the lip sync like there is it was so insane she did so much better in the lip sync than Utica I know right and you are you're a pro with this how much is involved in that and like how much is Rue just trying to be like Utica needs the win more no, no, like no. I was Utica, like Tita won I know Tita won like the Tita John won. the John Candy of it all plus space balls plus the song kill and like the lady lumps vibes it was just out of control but utica yeah. brings something so utica has been struggling because she's utica's been struggling, but so unique she's so, so unique. unique and so i think that's why she kept her i mean tina burner has like such old school drag like even the wigs i mean i have to tell you but that, like Utica sucked an udder during that challenge. No, I like, know. It was she, terrible. It was okay. terrible. She's but, like, she sucked an udder, but okay. Okay, we're moving on I from also that. just okay. lastly will say that I felt like the the runway challenge of, it was, it was beast, beast 
couture or something like that. Rachel and I didn't hear that. So we thought it was space. I rewound it three times because RuPaul in drag went down to this like lower octave because she was like, Beast couture. And I was like, what the fuck is she saying? We thought it was space couture. So we were like confused. And then Rachel and I were watching the screen and we're like, fur, it's furries, something fur. Like fur has to be a part of it because everyone had fur. And then we realized it was beast. I have to say there have been so many runway challenges that I love, but this by far was probably one of my most favorite, like candy looked fucking ridiculous. It was so good. And I know that you're not the biggest Rosé fan, but I no, will Rose, say Rosé no, 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 no. killed it this week. Like she was on Simone's level and she's not normally on Simone's level. I agree. And she really like, and she even recognized it. She was like, to be a winner with Simone, like says everything. And I was like, you're hitting it, girl. You're I agree. I, I will say, I think Rosé had the best outfit. And then for me, it was Simone. And then it was for with Gottmik. But Gottmik fucked up that challenge so badly. I'm surprised that they are still in the competition. The thing is, is that like I got it because I got Mick because it was irony. She's like, you I think know. that you're sexy, but you're not. You're not actually sexy. So it gives you this false sex appeal no, however considering it. it was a branding challenge and you know branding better than everyone the name was bad and the fact that it was like too hard to understand the irony was not a good branding challenge like you don't want something that's too difficult to think about that's i think the issue that was a problem also yeah. i thought carson and ross's reactions to people was just epic it was a great it was a really really great episode i thought and tinta messing up that line of like Victoria is not the only one with a secret killed me. Like it killed me. I was just peeing my pants laughing. And just even though Simone kind of has the same like head shake and look on her face every time she's getting like every time she's doing a voice, it is so funny every time she does it. Simone is. I hope she wins. Me too. She's been consistently the best the entire time. Well, speaking of the best, shall we get to the cue? Let's do it. Hey guys, we want to welcome you to the queue where we share some highlights and happenings within the LGBTQ plus and ally community. And don't be shy listeners. We want to hear from you too. If you've got the scoop or have someone you want us to shout out, feel free to shoot us a DM at SIAT podcast on Instagram or Twitter. All right. What do you got for me today, Liz? Because I kind of have two little stories. Okay. I'll go. Okay. I think I'm saying her name right, but this one, she's beautiful. Sports Illustrated just made history by, or rather Lena Bloom made his, made history by being the first yeah. trans woman featured in the swimsuit issue. And she is wow. beautiful. Uh, I didn't actually see this. Is she a athlete? Is she a model? Is she She's a model? She is beautiful. She has been in H&M uh, campaigns, Christian Dior, Mushkino, Vogue India. She's walked both New York and Paris wow. Fashion Week. So she is the first um, also trans woman to ever lead, be a lead in a film that was premiering at Cannes. And that wow. movie was called Port Authority. And it's a love story set in part against the backdrop of the ballroom scene where Bloom has also made a name walking the category of face. Oh. Uh, oh. And that was her first time ever acting in a major film. And so I think she's big in the scene and and she's probably a a new face that we all need to watch. And she's absolutely beautiful. Anyway. Oh, my God. So I thought that was a fun one. It just reminded me this week, I actually had the uh, distinguished honor, actually, of getting to interview Caitlyn Jenner. And I really wasn't sure how Caitlyn would be with me because she was she was revealed as the masked singer, as one of the masked singers. So it wasn't like a Kardashian thing. It was like kind of her own. Well, that's sort of the point. So the uh, obviously the idea of mass singer, if you've never seen it, it obviously is very obvious. But like the costumes are fucking amazing. Yeah, like, they are. It, it, we're talking about RuPaul's, like just the costumes of what they put in is absolutely incredible. Like everyone is so under an NDA. You don't know any other people. And so the only thing you can go on is the clue packages that they give. Right. And then their actual singing voice, because when they're talking and answering questions, they muffle the actual voice. So you mm. only know how they sing. And so the thing about Caitlyn Jenner is such a distinguished voice. voice. In fact, the only other person that the judges had guessed, Jenny McCarthy guessed Caitlin, the only other person that they thought it might be, and that was also based on height and how they carry themselves, was RuPaul. So it was very interesting. I didn't think it sounded like RuPaul. It was more of like 
a carrying how they presented themselves with it. But Caitlyn Jenner did sound like Caitlyn Jenner. Like once, once Jenny pointed it out, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And I never guessed these people correctly. I never have guessed. The only person I've ever guessed on The Masked Singer correctly was Wendy Williams. I guessed one. Who? Tori Kelly. I mean, last I got to interview Tori Kelly last season. Oh, you and did? she's like she's a love. She's the best. She's a love bug. I get to interview him every week. And so I watch the mess singer, and it's like, it's kind of fun for me to guess because I'm like, this could be the biggest star. Like before Caitlyn Jenner, I had Kermit the Frog. And I was like, okay, like First you know, of all, shit made. Uh, we know you had to do that name drop, Darren. I Kermit. have to tell you, as a child, my like yeah. favorite, you know, some people love whatever. Andy loves Snoopy. Yeah. Snoop yeah. or whatever. For me, Kermit the Frog, like I had Kermit the Kermit. Frog. So many, par- so much paraphernalia. I just loved Kermit the Frog and I was so jealous of you. I really, I was like, it w- wow, Darren. He was awesome. And like when Kermit said my name, he's like, hey, nice to meet you, Darren. And I was like, what? I'm make it I, your I, ring I, t- can you make it? Oh my God. You know what you should have done? You should have asked him to do your voicemail for your phone. Oh, oh. They were on a press tour, so it's hard, but like- I know. Highlight of my career. Anyway, long story short, Caitlin was very lovely, and I think it's important, and Buck Angel, who was one of our, you know, really first interviews on this show, and and first episode, it was really about, Caitlin has done so much for the trans community and just being able to come out in this way and in this, with this famous family. It's hard enough probably coming out as trans, let alone doing it in front of the world, whether or not you have money and- politics and whatever aside, like, I think it's really important to note that. And I said that to her, essentially, I said, you know, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, like, thank you for taking that stand. And she said, because she mentioned the roast that they were doing with Alec Baldwin. She was like, I have a thick skin. She goes, I love making fun of myself. Like, and South Park has made fun of her before, but she had this way about her that I was like, it's nice not to take yourself so seriously. You're pro- you're showing others the way to do this because people are going to fucking hate and people are going to be terrible. And like, if you can have a positive spin on yourself, even after all that stuff, like it was very, it was very charming is what I'm going to say. It was very charming. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner, if you're listening to the show, open invitation. Yeah. Open invitation to come anytime. We would love to have you. Well, speaking of that, because to some extent, Caitlyn can be a superhero. My first bit of cue, I have two little stories here. My first bit of cue was that Marvel announces the first gay Captain America I don't, in the comic books now, not in the movies. And, okay, uh, I was going to ask. Aaron Fisher, who's a gay teenager, will take on the mantle in the United States of Captain America, marking the character's 80th anniversary. Here's the thing, though. We finally mm. get a gay character. Liz, they make it the Captain America of the Railways. What? Does that sound fun? I, that's the superhero of the railways. Wait, I'm confused. Do they have different Captain Americas of different like transit? Yes, they're like, like yeah, they're like different. I don't know if it's different transits or like they just have like there's many Captain Americas. In like, the is franchise. it like Captain America of like agriculture? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not well versed in this. I just thought like this was unprecedented. Captain America of yeah, Captain America the of like off. shopping. Right, exactly. Like of the mall. Like I'm confused. But it will come out in June in order to coincide with Pride Month. And basically, the Captain America of the Railroads is a fearless teen who stepped up to protect fellow runaways and the unhoused with his debut time to coincide with Pride Month in the U.S. Oh, my God. You know what this makes me think of? What? Runaway train never coming Uh, back. uh, Nope. Moving right along. Moving right along here. You didn't listen to that song? No, I, I, I did. I just don't want to listen necessarily to your version oh, of that song. Oh, that's too bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Gonna too bad. get it somewhere. Okay, hold Rachel, on. Did you, know, did you know that that song, like, that was all about runaways and they gave money to whatever? I found that out later as an adult. It's actually fucking great. Like, I'm saying it's a got a good purpose. It's just Captain America of the Railways doesn't sound like a particular, it doesn't sound like Thor. It doesn't sound very you know gay I mean? to it me. Does, it, it's not very gay. It doesn't also sound very superhero-y, but good cause and at a good time. My next story for the queue is a really 
really sweet story. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm reading off BBC.com, although it's been really been reported everywhere. North Korea's only openly gay defector finds love. Oh, he's so cute. I, I'm going to mispronounce his name and I apologize. Uh, Jang Yong Jin had never found women attractive, but it wasn't until his wedding night, age 27, that this made his life difficult. He felt intensely uncomfortable. I couldn't lay a finger on my wife, he recalls. Although the couple did eventually consummate their marriage, sex was rare. Four years later, his wife still not pregnant. One of Jang's brothers began to quiz him and Jang admitted he never even been aroused by the opposite sex. And his brother promptly sent him to a doctor. Okay, this is when he was in North Korea. I went to so many hospitals in North Korea because we thought I had some sort of physical problem. It never occurred to him Mm. or his family that there could be another reason for his lack of interests. And he's basically saying that there's no concept of homosexuality in North Korea. It's not that there's not gay North Koreans. It's that that that's not happening in North Korea. And he basically defected, which is in and of itself pretty fucking amazing, and is marrying an American man. And I'm just so happy. I love it. Beautiful. I'm just... It's beautiful. I mean, I'm very happy. That's all. It dawned on him years later that he was gay. And then he went to South Korea and sold gay bars. And just like, it's a good story. I think it's just opening up a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, obviously North Korea is one of those places that I'm sure no one in North Korea is listening to this podcast, but it offers hope to people that are in North Korea and struggling right now and suffering that maybe they too can find love. Yeah, find loves and find themselves and get out of this terrible regime. So I love it. That's kind of my feel good. And he looks so happy and so many pictures of him and his fiance and they're in vineyards and loving life. And I'm just so pleased. That's it. (laughs) Well, speaking about finding things later on in life, we have Heidi and Closet on the show today. Do we? Drag race contestant, Miss Congeniality. We are highly blessed and highly favored. Highly blessed. Highly favored. And we talk about on the show how she didn't think that she was funny until later in life. And she didn't like realize it. And that made her all the more funny. I totally agree. That just made her even better. And we talk all about her name, which, you know, I did a whole roundup of Heidi and Closet. And I, because I hadn't really been familiar with Drag Race before this season, RIP Teen to Burntower. And I'm just, I'm committed to it. And all of the controversy about the name. And so she goes into this entire, the story about it and and why it was so controversial and how, why she kept it. And then later, you know, Liz had a meet cute with her in the dog park and it was just like fucking Dead. heaven sent. So uh, we were lucky to have Heidi and Closet on with us on Scissoring today. Yes. And we hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy. Well, folks, today is a day after, I think, seven months I have been stalking our guest today, PR team, in hopes of getting an interview. And today is the day. And I've been I've been encouraging the stalking, but not stalking (laughs) myself. Okay, there is a degree of separation in the encouragement and the actual act of it. I love that. (laughs) We have the incredible Heidi in Closet today on the show. Best known for... Season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race, Miss Congeniality, placing sixth. Heidi comes from Ramasur, a small country town in North Carolina. She playfully says there's little to do there except count chickens and cows. (laughs) Heidi, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Oh my goodness. Hello. (laughs) I'm so happy. Uh, scissoring isn't a thing. I'm excited to be here. I'm not an expert on scissoring, so I'm assuming it's not a thing. Uh, is, is it a construct as well that needs to be torn down? I don't know. <laughs> it depends that's, on that's who you the, ask. That's the million dollar question. It depends on who you ask. It depends on what relationship at any given moment you're asking people with. Sometimes it doesn't exist. Sometimes it's the only thing that exists. But uh, we'll, we'll see if you believe it exists at the end of this conversation. But right. uh, thank you so much for being here, Heidi. Uh, you know, we start off every episode basically asking our guests uh, how they identify sexually. We've got we've run the range of answers of all sorts. Liz can tell you it, it, it varies. We're always surprised by this. If you wouldn't mind answering that or if you don't want to, let us know why you don't want to. I identify as a delicacy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just in my spirit to be a delicate flower, no matter what. But <laughs> but now um, I I I think I would say I identify as a as a gay male, gay cis male, a delicate blouse at times. 
but just a, a human as well. I feel like those are all things that I identify as with my sexuality and just beauty. I will say you are a delicate delicacy. If I were to describe you in two words, it would be delicate delicacy. Look at that. I mean, that's a, that's an album cover for the gods. I could be in the Louvre right now. Right, Liz? I mean, for me, it's the cheeks. They're just so <laughs> yeah. supple and sweet and soft. And then and then natural. Oh. All right. Well, well, actually, Heidi, I can attest to that. I think we need to get this out of the way, Darren. I know we have a couple more standard questions. You knew this was coming. Heidi, I have to confess something to you. Mm -hmm. I saw you on the street the other day. (laughs) Did you? I sure did. I was at the dog park right by Rocco's in West Hollywood. And you walked by, you were with some, another cute somebody. And my wife grabbed my arm and she goes, that's Heidi in closet. And I go, boop. And I turn around <laughs> oh my and I was like, oh my God. She's like, aren't you trying to get Heidi on the show? I was like, I am, but it is so crazy. And Viacom will kill me. And we will never have anybody from RuPaul's Drag Race ever again on the show. If I act a fool and run down True. San Vicente and turn you around, you had a cute little hat on. Anyway, so I've she seen you in the hello. flesh. I know, but I got Liz. scared. I know. I yeah, she know. did. She she crapped her pants a little bit. She like texted me immediately. And I was I like, did. Breeze. It, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> But I can say that I've seen you in the flesh and you are delicate and beautiful and delectable. You forgot that one. Oh, that's so true. Look at the hands. Triple D. Triple D. And along with how you identify, what pronouns do you, are you cool with or what do you prefer? Honestly, I'm down for all of it. As long as it's meant with respect and not disrespect. Sure. You can call me he, she, him, her. That To me... As long as it's not in a disrespectful tone or manner or like any connotation of being in a negative light, I'm, I'm down for it. What? Um, that just made me think about uh, when Liz was freaking out. What is the craziest fan interaction you've ever had? Like what? It, what's the craziest thing someone's done to you or something like that? Oh, well, I don't know if I can say that online. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we're not technically online. We're in line, on the line. Yeah. I think you can say oh, it. All You're I on a podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing, sweetie. You know what I mean? Uh, well, <laughs> all right. This is going to be real bad. But this one fan, his boyfriend knows that, um, like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> I can't say this. I can't say this. <laughs> I have to think of something else. <laughs> Well, now, now you're going to oh, kill wow. us here. Now we wow. have to know. You're Whatever really... happened, I want oh, it to happen God. to me. Oh my goodness. Like, okay, so Lord, I can't believe I'm about to say this. But um, this guy is a fan of mine and he has a boyfriend. And the boyfriend was like, oh my goodness, what would it take for you to follow my boyfriend back on Instagram? I was like, I don't know. Da, 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 da. And then he and he's like suggested, what if we had sex like and sent the video to you? I was like, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> and you were like, yes, that works. And I, I, I said jokingly, sure. And then a short while later, there was a video in my inbox. I was like, oh, oh. And did oh you follow God. the, did I you follow? I had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to. I was like, it was their idea. And, and I was definitely like joking with it. Like being like, of course, yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Just like being like a good little kiki or whatever, just being funny or whatever. And then like, it was like probably less than an hour later, their video was. I was like, oh. <laughs> Mm, didn't uh, take quick for them to rev there. Do you engines. still follow this person? I can't unfollow after that. I'm so- yeah, you can't because that no. would be no. You couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't. There's that's like a, a level forever commitment. There. That's that a forever follow. Like, that's a fan right there. That is yeah, like that's a fan. real fan. I was just gonna say hi. <laughs> do you want to meet my little puppy ravioli? I yeah. that was not, <laughs> that was now not we have to thinking. scissor. That's what that's in order to go to say Heidi. We have to scissor. That's what the rule is. Darren, I, we can't scissor. Yeah, I know. I, uh, God like, forbid. No, that would oh be the my worst. God. So you are from a small town in North Carolina, where apparently counting cows and chickens is the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little research online. About 1,800 people live in the town. Yes. Yeah, I think it's finally closing in on 1,800. Finally. (laughs) When Mm -hmm. did you come out if you did have a coming out story? It was funny because I didn't really come out to my family because I kind of already knew 
but I didn't just like say it out loud and be proud mm-hmm. of it. But I think my first time when I like uh, came out, came out was to uh, two of my friends in high school. They were both straight at the time. One is still straight. One, not so much. Uh, ah. But we were in the Winter Guard together. And we were the only three guys on the Winter Guard. So we would like, before competitions, we would spend the night at each other's houses. So we would alternate houses. And it, it was my night to be at my house. And then we were all like in this king size bed or whatever. And oh. we were just. That's unusual for high schoolers, male or female, to just be in the bed together, isn't it? We were all, we were all just loving and caring. Okay. And it was, you were, it was, I mean, you were snuggling puberty. before the winter, whatever you winter were. Winter was winter was coming. Winter was and <sighs> we was trying to stay warm. Apparently, winter uh, came. If you ask me, uh, I mean that's what that. I I wish, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, I literally was laying in between them. I was like, y'all, I think I'm gay, and it, it just was silent in the room for like a couple minutes, and then it was like, okay, <laughs> it was. But then, like, the next day was the competition, and then I was just going to keep it with them, too. And they told everyone on the whole bus, and I was like, okay, here we go. So then everyone on the whole bus knew by the end of, like, end of the ride, everyone knew. I was like, ooh, child. Were you worried about ever, anyone knowing? I mean, were there any other openly gay people out in your no. school at the time? Uh, at my school, yes. There was this one freshman like he was out and proud at a very young age, which I can applaud. And I'm so happy yeah. that he was able to do that. But yeah, I, I think it was just me and him for the longest amount of time being the only out uh, gay people at our school. But now I, I I would go back like before Drag Race a little bit, just like, because I'm friends with my dance teacher who was my dance teacher back in high school. And I would go back and visit or whatever once in a while. And there's so many of them there now. I'm like, where were y'all when I was growing up? Dear Lord. <laughs> The world gets better for sure. And were they accepting? I mean, it sounds like everybody just kind of knew. I mean, were they? Yeah, did they tease you? Or Yeah, did they yeah. tease you or it was all good? It's funny because after I came out, the teasing stopped. It was more I was oh. bullied before coming out by people who I didn't really talk to and stuff that were just assholes. And then once I came out and was starting to own it, more people were like, well, I guess we can't make fun of him anymore. I'm like, you're darn skippy, you can't. So... Right. I guess once you own sometimes the thing that people are calling you, uh, it's like in Pitch Perfect when, uh, what's her name, called herself Fat Amy. And she was like, I'm just doing it in front. Right. I'm just doing it so that way no one says it behind my back. And she was like owning this. And so there's something about that. It's like when I say I am a beautiful delicacy, I'm doing it because I want to be able to be the one to say it and not let people say it behind my back. Because I just feel like I want to own that power. Yeah. And know that I am that beautiful delicacy. Well, you definitely are. You are a beautiful delicacy. And we <laughs> might say it after you leave this recording. I'm not going to lie yeah, to you, I honey. Might we might say it behind we, your back. We might yeah. say it behind your back, but and we mean I'm it with okay. love. And yeah. I'm okay with that, okay? Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I can deal with that, I think. You know, I mean, there's, I grew up in the Northeast. Uh, Liz Ooh. has San Francisco in her. And so we kind of are both two city gals. And I too have had San Francisco in me. <laughs> oh, have you? That Maybe was his we, name. No, that was his name. Stop it. <laughs> and it just seems like in a small town of North Carolina, the fact that it was like they stopped bullying you after you kind of came out is, is pretty impressive. Is this town, was there religion uh, everywhere in this town? No religion? Was that part of it at all? Did that walk, walk us through that? It's definitely one of those small little country towns that there is religion. There's multiple churches in the small town. 1,800 people, and there's probably maybe about six churches. Damn. Okay. That's a lot. That's All a right. Good, that's a good ratio. And some of them are like really big churches that they could fit more than a couple people. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely like, it's definitely a good place. A little religion is there, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing still, because, you know, it, it does teach some things that are good. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those small country towns that where everyone knows everyone almost type of deal. and everyone's in kind of everybody's business as well. So that can be a little uh, strenuous and tedious. You grew up with your grandmother, which you talk about on the show. And when you came out, did you said you didn't really need to come out to your family because they knew, did she always know and accept that? And 
was it spoken, unspoken? She she knew. She always knew. Actually, she was more accepting of me being gay than she was of me being a drag queen. Like when I, I became oh. a drag queen, she freaked the fuck out. But when I was just gay, she was okay. <sighs> Let's talk about that. I mean, when did you? Yeah. What's your? What was your first drag experience? When did you first see it or know it was a thing or? Oh, well, thank you, Robin Williams, for Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. I thank you so very much. But but also my eldest sibling is a trans woman. And um, she always gave me insight on the LGBTQIA plus community. So that was always like a little outlet for me to like look into. And, you know, Drag Race as well. I watched, uh, she introduced me to Drag Race and I started watching Drag Race when it first came out. And um, how old were you when Drag Race? Because I yeah. didn't even realize this. It's been out for what, like 13 years, it's I feel 13 like. 13 seasons. So, yeah, probably like 13. I was like 12, 13. Yeah. Oh, that, see that sweetie baby angel face. That's why, because you just are young. Yeah, that's young. right. You got those good genes. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. No. Oh, so, okay. So, you were in like eighth, ninth grade fortunate. when it was st- when it was first coming out then. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I watched Drag Race and it was amazing. I was like, oh my God. And then, uh, of course, being underage in, in North Carolina, I couldn't do like some young queens do today, like start their own little drag show at like a, a non-alcoholic venue or whatever. I, we couldn't, we just, we just said this wasn't going to happen in North Carolina. But what I did, I waited till I was 18 and then I, I went to my eldest sibling's birthday party. She invited me out. She's like, come see it. And they had a, uh, they had a drag show there. I was like, oh my God. See, and seeing it in real life was a whole nother like mesmerizing thing on its own. So I was like, I want to give that a try. But it took a while for me to work up the nerve to do it. So two years later, after that birthday, I did my very first talent show in drag and I won my $100. Did you do it as Heidi in Closet or did you have another name? I've always been hiding in clouds. It was it was just what came to me at the very last second. And I did the talent show. I won. And after that, I just started getting booked. And then it just started rolling from there. Heidi in Closet has been for the hardcore drag race fans and even all of the drag race fans. We know that you got a lot of flack from Miss Rue. The whole <laughs> entire season about your name. I always liked the name and I always got the name. Where you, you said you came up with, you're welcome. You said you came up with it at the last minute. Is there an origin story to the name? Like how, how did that just oh, come out of Okay. Well, the thing, it was something that I already had made fun of, but then it actually was a last minute thing with how I named myself. So what it was growing up in, in Ramsor, there was a lot of closeted men that were always like, would flirt with me or whatever, but they were like closeted. So, and then me and my friend was sitting around and like, well, there's no need to be hiding in the closet. And they were like, oh my God, that'd be an amazing drag queen name. And I was like, we laughed about it. Da, 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 ha, ha, ha. It was funny. It was cute. It was cute, whatever. But then fast forward a year or so, I'm at the drag show, the talent show. I handed my music to the drag queen. Her name is Tia. She's a lovely, lovely woman. And then she's like, hey baby, what's your name? And I was like, huh? And I hadn't, I hadn't picked a name. So I, I had to think of something quick. And then it was the only thing I could think of was Heidi in Closet. And there it was. And here we are now, six years later, still no Heidi in Closet. Back. No going back. <laughs> well, I, I, I sort of love that you like stuck to your guns because, you know, when Rue gives you that time in Drag Race, like you got to be able to absorb everything, take Absolutely. the, you know, it's... It's RuPaul, for fuck's sake. If RuPaul wanted right. me to change my name, I probably would. But <laughs> you you stuck to your guns and you never kind of wavered. And you also handled the sort of name critique with grace. I got to say, d- did it ever get to you? Or were you just kind of like playful about it the whole time? It's the Southern Belle in me. Um, <laughs> a Southern Belle. We always handle things <laughs> dignified and with grace. <laughs> You're a delicate was- delicacy, Heidi, you know? A delicate, delicacy, delicatessen. But um, just just keep adding. Just keep doing it. It's going to be like 17 of them by the end of this. But, um, you know, I always thought it was just a fun little game to me, honestly. And my thing was, she might hate my name, but she remembers my name because she's hating it, which means she's got me on her mind 
which means I'm not fading into the background, which is why I was able to have fun with it and take it in stride. Like she's clearly like, she keeps bringing this up, which means she's clearly thinking of me often, which means I, I'm on her frontal lobe. This thing right here, I'm on her frontal lobe. I'm pressing down on it. So that's a good thing. Cause when you fade into the background, baby, you're gone. So, (laughs) hey. That's a really good point. Well, I think Darren, before you hopped on, Yep. said, you know, I was researching like how one becomes Miss Congeniality. And when I saw Heidi, like that is who Miss Congeniality is. That's what Darren, <laughs> that's what Darren said it's behind true. your back. It, I and, did say that behind your back. I she do, said I that do admit that. Your yes. Back. yes. Okay, <laughs> and, and for me, I think, you know, there's what makes a true star in drag is that combination between not only being beautiful and a delicate delicacy, but also the humor and the timing. You, yes, show us. Take that. Do you don't have to have your head up. Right now. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, okay. I need a relaxer or something Though you right do now. kind of, with your hood, because you have like, it's black uh, with a little bit of white, you do almost resemble a, a nun, which is really beautiful. Yeah, it's very, it's just angelic, just the way you it are. It is angelic. But you have Santa such a great... Obviously, such a great personality, and yeah. you're so Thank fun. You. And you mentioned Robin Williams as somebody that was perhaps maybe even an influence for you. Have you always been funny? Like, did you have comedic people in your life that you looked up to? Like, how does Heidi become so funny and so That's- sweet? That is the funniest thing that people always ask me is how I'm so funny. Because honestly, before Drag Race, especially Heidi herself, had never done anything comedy or comedy adjacent. Like, I was always just that queen. I go to the club, I dance for about 10 minutes, go off stage, have a couple drinks, get my money and leave. I've never really done comedy, especially in drag. Where I probably get my my comedy from is my family. My family's just a bunch of whack jobs. Okay. And and I I, I, I and I'm not making an excuse because I fit round right in with them. I'm a whack job too, baby. But uh, dear Lord, I guess that's what I know. My mom who passed away at a very young age. People tell me that she was a really funny person, so I like to think that I get my humor from her. So yeah, I definitely my family is probably my inspiration for for my comedy, and it's just like. It was so weird watching back the season and seeing people think I'm so funny because I've never thought of myself as a funny person. And even now people like consider me a comedy queen. I'm like, am I a comedy queen? Do you want to be a comedy queen? Like, is like, is that good? I mean, what do you it's think about that? It's not a bad that? thing. It's a, like, yeah. it's a great thing. I just never like, to me, I just, I've never really considered what kind of queen I was. Oh, I do look like a nun. But you, you know, do. I'm like, you have it's you like do. a little sister you have act. Little vibes. Yeah, I'm yeah. really I'm here Whoop for it. Yeah. Oh, I went I went home when she was there. Oh no. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> About started crying. Oh, memory. I mean, I think a comedy queen would be a good thing to be. I think that you can Absolutely. be an amazing drag queen and an amazing, hilarious one at that. Uh, and I think that's why you got Miss Congeniality because you're unabashedly oh, yourself. And I think what's charming about you is sometimes you don't even know that you're funny. That's what I love about you. Well, well, thank you, baby. Uh, But uh, but, but that was, I'm happy that you said that I was just being myself because honestly, I knew going into Drag Race, I've seen time and time again that sometimes queens of color and queens that are pageant queens who actually I, before Drag Race, I actually have more titles than than Jada. So I would probably be considered Uh, more uh, of a pageant queen than she is. I said it, she said it too before. But- uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being myself, being myself, being myself. But uh, I, I knew like seeing that happen a few times in the past, I was I was very nervous going into Drag Race. But I said to myself the night before I left and got on the plane for the very first time, I was like, I'm going to go into this and I'm just going to be myself to the fullest and uh, whatever happens, happens. And I'm so happy that I did because it could have been so easy for me to go in and try and put on a facade or be something extra or be something that I wasn't. And I didn't do that. I went in and I was myself. I was still a sweet person, but I was also had my little shady moments too. Like if you watch back, I still had a couple oh, of shady saw, moments fuck too. Fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck the, you, fuck the you. The only miscongeniality to cuss out half the cast <laughs> and still win Miss Congeniality. That is my True. title. And yeah. I'm tweeting that. And you oh wear it God. proudly. And Where's my Twitter? Exactly. I'm, I I actually wonder, because you said that your grandmother flipped out when you were doing drag, oh. but was okay with gay. 
Uh, how did that coming out, uh, I guess, for drag happen? And is she okay with it now? Did she ever get on board or? Well, my grandmother actually just passed away a couple so days sorry. after Thanksgiving. Oh, um, sorry. So sorry. So it's, it's fine because actually we actually had a really good, she got on board. Like at first she hated it, but a, about a two years in, I lost my day job and drag became my only source of income. I was living with my grandmother at the time and um, it was paying the bills. So she kind of had to be okay with it. But with her being in a position of having to be okay with it, she actually learned to genuinely be okay with it. And she would ask to see videos, pictures and stuff. She never got to go to any of my shows because, well, she was like a 60, 70 year old woman. But she's not going out at, at 12 o'clock at night to, to go 40 minutes away. But she would ask to see videos and pictures and stuff. And she was like, she would even like help me with little things here and there that she could because she could sew a little bit. She ended up being one of my bigger supporters. And then actually right before I moved out here, we had a really big heart-to-heart moment. I actually had a couple of heart-to-heart moments with some of my family members. And she was one of them. And uh, she told me that she was proud and she was happy for me and all that thing, all the decisions that I made. That must have felt so incredible. I mean, must have been. And also to see so many people fall in love with you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Must have, I bet she was really, really proud. She she was. She really was. And I'm happy that I was able to have that moment with her. That's amazing. You were on Drag Race and really saved a lot of us with your warmth and your delicate blouseness, as I think you also. <laughs> and said. your lip syncs and your During lip syncs, of course. Yes. Yeah. There was a couple. Sick, the sickening looks for sure. Some of them. And a Some big of- thing. <laughs> With, you know, which must have been interesting. I mean, you know, there's all this excitement. You go on the show. And a lot of the queens that are on the show, it's almost like after the show is really when the part, it's like the after the after party, right? Like that's that's when when the work gets going. That's exactly. What was it like? I mean, because you had all of this recognition. I would, and actually what everybody, it's kind of double-edged sword, right? You have like everyone's focus because everybody's home focusing on you, but then you're not able to tour. What was that like? Like, what were the positives? What were the negatives with being on Drag Race during the pandemic? I can't even lie. I really did struggle with that a lot, actually. I remember sitting at home in North Carolina being really upset a couple of times because I was like, this should be like the time of my life. I should be out doing all these amazing, incredible things and I can't. And it and it was really disheartening because my favorite part of drag has always been the performing aspect of it. So I was having to get in drag and do all those other things that I was like, okay with doing, but it wasn't my favorite part of drag and still had to do drag all the time. Because I honestly thought, okay, but okay, I'll be just, I'll be out of drag for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. And then, cool, a little break or whatever, fine. Nope, a whole year, and I'm still, I think I've probably been in drag more in COVID than I have been before Drag Race. So so it was definitely difficult dealing with that. But also, I was very fortunate to be so well-received and loved that I I received so much love. And I did receive some hate every once in a while because there's always, my grandma told me, they talked about Jesus. What do you think they're going to do about you? So I always take that as there are people that are going to love me and there's people that's not going to care about me. And that is fine. I'm not here to please everyone. I'm here to be there for the people who are there for me at the end of the day. And that is what I focused on. I focused on the people who always sent me love and supported me through my career before and now. I hold those people dear and dear to my heart and I received so much love and support during that time. And I was just so happy to be at home though at that time, because I was able to really like concentrate and see all the love I was seeing. Cause if I was on the road, I'd be like going, going, going. I wouldn't be seeing all of that, but being at home, I was able to see all that love pouring in and it was really amazing and sweet. I'm so happy to hear that. That is actually a really good thing and some good news in that awful year. I'm sort of, I'm hoping you can help me and educate me a little bit because I'm new to the okay. drag world and drag race world and watching finally, and understanding. Finally, I know, listen, I know. Finally watching. And uh, specifically Ooh. this, mm-hmm. <laughs> specifically this season, Denali didn't really have knowledge of the cultural pop culture references that a lot of drag queens articulate mm-hmm. throughout the show. 
And a lot of drag seems to be caked in the knowledge of who came before, as well as musical pop culture references, like I said, which sometimes to me in 2021, as a 32 year old woman feel can feel a little dated. Like a lot of those things happened before I was born. Now, you know, the drag queens on there now are even younger than me. So how Mm -hmm. much of drag is really embracing the history of what came before while also paving the new way for newer, younger drag queens to come into it and understand the references. Oh goodness, it's de- it's definitely like something like this. It needs to be like you have to look back into the past and see that because the past is what has paved the way for the future. There's just so many iconic things that came before us that can really like catapult us even further. If we like, we could take that, cultivate that, grow it, and push it further and make it so much bigger and stuff. I feel like nowadays a lot of people are just more focused on what they do specifically, which is fine. Do that. Be the best you you can do. But also, like, I feel like an art that's being lost in drag is the art of illusion, of a female illusion, where they would, like, create the character. Like, Chad Michaels is Cher, and Derek does Britney, and Tiffany Bonet, she does an amazing Tina Turner, where she um, she actually went on tour with Tina Turner back in the day and was, like, her, her body double. And it's things like that you don't see happen anymore. And I feel like that's a whole avenue that people don't do anymore, but it can still be, like, an amazing thing. Those things shouldn't be forgotten because that's things that helped us get to where we were. If there wasn't for people like those doing those kind of things back in the day, and there's so many more, not just the three that I named. There's so many more, even ones that came way before them that did it. Like, if we forget about the past, it's, it's going to be hard to continue building a future. So I'm always, I'm always about trying to educate the next generation. Like, And I'm saying that like I'm an old person, but I think it's because I was raised by my grandmother because I have an older spirit. Like, I'm, I might be young and, and supple. <laughs> but I, I have an older spirit, I think. And that's where I see that. So, yeah, definitely. I hope that made sense. Did it make know sense? No, that, that absolutely did. Um, and, and, I, and I thank sometimes you for just, answering that. Sometimes I just ramble and hope it makes sense. And, and just because I'm a fan, before we get to the game, what was the best thing about Drag Race, the worst thing about Drag Race, and the most surprising thing about Drag Race for you? Hmm. Uh, the best thing about Drag Race was... Just getting to meet all the my season sisters and getting to meet Michelle, Rue, Carson, and Ross and all the other guest judges. It was incredible. I've made lifelong friends and and it's just amazing to um be part of such a such a legacy. And I'm just so happy to uh been able to share my story with people as well. The worst thing is it's so damn cold on set. It's so cold. <laughs> really? It's well, you gotta so be cold. sweating though, right? Gotta like, keep you awake though. Right, yeah, no. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible because I was like, oh, I'm going to LA. I'm gonna pack booty shorts, tank tops, <laughs> and all this stuff. And I was I got into the work from like, oh furs and stuff nothing's worse than a sweaty queen because when you start to see the makeup sweat down like candy this season is a mess i i glisten he glistens i can't relate relate with such a he sparkles he sparkles sparkle nearly sparkle (laughs) but uh, yeah that was the worst thing is how cold it was i was like (sighs) and what was the most surprising thing Honestly, I think we talked about it earlier, that I can do comedy. I, I was complete and total shocked about any comedy, anything that I could do. I was like, well, I'm funny. OK, sure, I'll take it. I'll do what I can do. Let's go for it. But um, yeah, that was really the probably the biggest surprising thing. And also seeing myself in HD, that was pretty surprising on those first couple episodes. I was like, wow. <laughs> you look good. Your makeup you did improve. Good. Your makeup yeah. did improve. It did yes. improve over the season. I was happy to see that progression. And by the end of the season, when I went home, I was like, oh, I look like a piece, honey. <laughs> I was like, at least I look good. At least I look good that night. Shoot. Hi, guys. I'm Heather Thompson, host of In My Heart podcast. In My Heart started with the concept of conversations with friends, experts, learning more, encouraging independent thinking, and digging deeper into topics to inspire new perspectives. My vision and mantra for life is finding my freedoms and following what drives my light, energy, and happiness and allows me to shine. I really want that for you too. Please join me each week as I speak to old friends and new about all of the things in my heart, our experiences, and how we find our freedoms together. New episodes come out weekly, every Tuesday. 
wherever you stream your podcast. See you then. Heidi, we love to wrap up the interview with a fun game called Scissor Me This. Where oh, it's just- dear God. <laughs> well, I'm Darren and I are going to have to just like suck it up and scissor and send you yeah. a video in about That's one the only hour, way we'll get you so. to follow us. That's, That's the, the only way. way we'll get a Heidi follow. That's the so rule. We're already ready. That's the rule. That's the rule. But it's just a fun little rapid fire question game. So don't worry. Okay. Lots yeah, of yeah. Fun. Darren, why don't you take it away? Okay, Heidi, would you rather be the best lip syncer in the world with horrendous sense of style? Or be the worst lip syncer in the world with the best sense of style and outfits. I would have to be the 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 best lip syncer and the horrible outfit. You can make up for a horrible outfit. You saw me on season 12. You can yeah. make up for a horrible <laughs> outfit. If you're entertaining enough, you can make up for a horrible outfit, baby. But if you if you look amazing and you're and you're giving me dust on, on a performance, I'm not interested regardless. So I will tip someone who looks routed and they is giving it to me on the performance. I'm not tipping you if you're just pretty and not doing nothing. I'm sorry. It's not, you're not getting my dollar. You're not. Fair enough. All right. What is the ultimate lip sync song? Like your favorite of all time. The one that I think would be ultimate for me personally is the old drag classic called Work Me Down. It's one of those songs where you have to like, it was actually the song I did in my audition tape. It's by Laura Hunter and the Disorderlies. And it's like five minutes long. So you have to dance for five minutes long straight. And it's one of my favorite songs to perform. And I hope to get the performance soon because I haven't performed it in over a year. The last time I performed it was in my audition tape for season 12. I hope you do too. I love to ask this question because you never know. Who is the most famous person that has slid into your DMs this year? It would be Rihanna, actually. <gasps> God, she's so good. Yes, she had Heather Gay. Rihanna. She slid into Heather Gay's too. She's a queen. What did she say? Well, she said hello. And I was like, hello, whatever. And I fangirl. I'm not gonna lie, I fangirl. But she's also was of like Of course you did. What are you talking? What did what you exactly? wait? Yeah. What yeah, the- pull it up. Oh, let me just search my DMs to Rihanna. Hold on a second, Liz. I'm gonna look at I mine would- too. Bad gal Riri. I was like, she's like. Oh, Heidi, you're one of my favorite spirits out here. You're beautiful and gives so much light to the world. Thank you for sharing your gifts with us. I'm honored that you're a fan because the feeling is mutual. Love you so much. Keep making a smile. And most importantly, keep smiling. One love, queen. <gasps> she said queen? Queen! She called me a queen. Stop it. And what I would print that out and What did it? you say back? Yeah, what did you, like... <laughs> Oh, that's when I started fangirling. She's like, thanks, I, bye. <laughs> oh, jeez. I literally almost started crying. I, I was like, oh. <laughs> and she said, I said, smile, not cry, ho. I was like, ah, oh, she called me a hoe. Stop it. She sure did if call If Rihanna you a calls you a hoe, like, I would die after that. I like, like I would, I've experienced. I've lived. I feel like I've almost lived everything. The only thing I haven't lived is, is walking her Fenty show, Savage Fenty show. And I want to get high with her so bad. Oh, I, me too. I just, I just know that would be amazing, incredible experience. I just feel like oh. it would be something I need in my life. Those are the two more things I need to do in my life. And then I can say I'm complete. I need to smoke with Snoop Dogg and Rihanna. Yeah, and his best friend. Uh, Martha Stewart. Martha. <laughs> Dad. That's who we need to be smoking. That's the dream because she will team. Because she will also be like making something really neat in the kitchen while. Right. She'd be baking and delicious. The goods. And, delicious. And, then it, and then it would be amazing to be snacking on with the munchies. Oh my exactly. God. <laughs> that seems like Heidi, a party. Would, would you rather be blessed or highly favored? You know what? Let me tell you a story. Now, <laughs> I didn't choose the blessed and highly favored life. The blessed and highly favored life chose me. <laughs> I did land on the blessed and highly favored. The blessed and highly favored landed on me. You got the <laughs> reference, the Plymouth Rock landed on Plymouth Rock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know some people don't understand those references sometimes. So I, I can't choose <laughs> which of these because they go hand in hand. The gifts. The Hallelujah. gifts to you. Praise him. Mm, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Yes, Wakanda forever. Forever, absolutely. I know, Darren, you brought up kind of legacy queens and all of that jazz. I feel like the drag race community is such, it is that. It is a community, right? Like once Mm -hmm. you're in Fight Club, you're always in Fight Club. And we don't talk about it either. 
Exactly. First rule. First rule. Can you imagine? First yeah. rule of drag race. You don't talk about drag race. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a legacy drag race queen that you really look up to? Oh my goodness. Uh, Alyssa Edwards. Oh yeah. Good one. She's one that I'm just like, I want to be like you with a little more chin, of course. But <laughs> of course. Which I which I'm already if you get there. to choose. I'm, yeah. Which I've already got that part. And I just have to get the I want to be like her part now. So you know, if you can't poke fun at, at your idols, who can you poke fun at? But also I love Kennedy Davenport, mm. Juju B, Shay Coulet. I mean Shay Coulet. I love R- Raven. Oh yeah. my so many amazing, amazing queens that came before. Oh my goodness. And I look forward to so many queens that come after. Oh my goodness. It's gonna be so good. I'm surprised I didn't ask who I would want to see on a future season. How do you wait? That's so weird that you just that's my next question. That's so yeah. strange. Is that, is that, you, well, because I was like legacy. I was just like, it would be the next thing still. Uh, well, well, you know, I would, of course, would love my legacy, the closet legacy to be on the show. I have two daughters, actually, in North Carolina. Uh, you do have one, two? Well, there we go. What, what are their names? Celestia Closet and Nicola Dime Closet. And then I have actually a really good sister out here in L.A. She is one of the baddest bitches I know, and I hope that bitch gets on. Her name is Cornbread the motherfucking Snack. <laughs> I hope she gets on. Those are the three that I really hope to get on because I consider them family. And the, those are the three I'm rooting for. So hopefully one day all three of them will be on. Well, Rue, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, come on. World Rue, of damn. Wonder, folks. If you're listening. There we go. Put them all. Not all on the same season because I want them all to win. But put them all. Separate them by season. That's it. Just yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah. The next three seasons. <laughs> Okay, this is my last one for you. Give me one thing you can't stand, one thing you can't live without, and one thing you feel completely indifferent about. One thing I can't stand is passive aggressiveness. Mm. If you're going to be mad, be mad. If you're mad at me, cuss me out and move on. Don't be like... "Mm." No, no, no. Be mad. I I can't stand passive aggressiveness. It is probably the one surefire way to piss me off. It really is. Like, I just cannot do with it. I just can't. One thing I can't live without, love. Like, I've always been someone who seeked love and always wanted love. And I don't think I could live without it because I feel like it's something, it's it's probably one of the only things in life that you really do need anyway. So I would say love. That's a very sweet answer. And what about something you feel or something we would be surprised you feeling different about and you don't really care? That's a hard one. Because if you're indifferent about it, you don't think about it. Real time. Well, you know what I was actually surprised you were indifferent about is your pronouns, if that helps. So you're oh, like, well, I don't care I, as long as it's I in good faith. And you're like, kind of like, I don't care. And I was like, oh, is, all right, that's surprising. All right. That is very true. I am indifferent about my personal pronouns. Like, I will make sure someone else's pronouns is correct. Sure. I will always ask, of course, because I'm always about respect. But for my own personal pronouns, I just don't care as long as it's not disrespectful, because then we got to fight. And mama knows how to fight because I grew <laughs> yeah. up having to fight. So what's up? I got hands. Yes, Ditto. you do. Ditto. Yes, you do. And they're usually manicured. Of course. <laughs> I did Liz, appreciate that on like- the show, by the way. You did. Your nails were lovely always nails. lovely manicured on the show. Thank Mine you. are too, always. A delicacy. A delicacy. My last question for you is what is your most prized possession in your closet? Mm, Good question. Most prized possession. I can't say right now, but um, just keep an eye open. You'll see it soon. Uh, oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, well, what a tease. What a tease. You, you've been teasing us the whole show. Oh my <laughs> God. Now you know scissoring is a thing, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> teasing us all day. All right, that's a good oh. way to end. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking of things that are coming up. Yes. Well, one, thank you so much. Thank you. For teasing me for so many months of and course. finally coming hey. on this show. When I see you at the dog park again, I'm I'm coming up to you. It's Don't, be passive aggressive, Don't be passive aggressive, Liz. Don't be passive aggressive. I know, I'm going to yeah. be like crazy. Don't do it. I'll be like, Marca. yay. Hey. Heidi! Um, Heidi! Yeah. I got to scream over <laughs> that looking, music at like, Rocco. I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You're like, who yeah. is this lesbian oh. chasing me in West Hollywood? <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't it be his first time? Where can Actually, the yeah, listeners find you? And if you have anything coming up that you're allowed to talk about, please let us know. 
Oh, well, you know, you can find me on all social media platforms at Hiding Closet, which is that's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitters. But you can also find me on TikTok at The Hiding in Closet because someone's so Hiding in Closet, rude. Um, rude. <laughs> just the disrespectful. Rude. You can go buy some Hiding Closet merch, which have Gap masks, shirts, mm. Polaroids that are specifically taken that are like, single Polaroids and none of them are the same. So it's like a very personal picture of your own. So you can get one of those at thehoneycloset.com. Cool. And they're all personally signed by me as well. So, you know, so personal touch. You're really buying a piece that will, no one else will ever have. And, you know, just, just keep your eye out. You can go to my YouTube channel. I'm always putting up new content there, Hiding Closet. Um, I actually just did my music video, Gap. Which yes, was I basic, saw that. It which was awesome. like just a big... Thank you. It was just like a big PSA to COVID, really. Like, come on, y'all. We're kind of getting to the home stretch. Let's let's keep it focused now. And um, yeah, so and I'm I'm working on a couple of projects here and there. And just know when I get quiet is when I'm working. Okay. So just know when you when you're looking forward to like what Heidi's doing and you're like, why is Heidi quiet? It's probably because I'm working on something. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been an amazing episode. For all of you guys out there, thank you for listening and follow Heidi in Closet. Follow us at SIAT Podcast at Liz at Listen to Liz at me at Carpe Darren. Rate, review, subscribe, and get the fuck out of the closet because Heidi yeah. is, is teaching all of us, right? Hey. Heidi's teaching all of us. Thanks for being here, Heidi. Thank y'all. We love you, Heidi. You are oh, my Miss Congeniality, shit. delicate, delicacy, flower of all time. All oh, shucks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank y'all for having me. It was such a fun time. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.